When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. There is the penalty! TJ Pinanotto points at the post. Ruben Love steps up, nails it! to do is take the ball down and get rid of it. Canterbury comes through. Wellington have got it. TJ Pitton out of centre back and Peter Luckley puts it into the stands. What a year 2022 has been for the Wellington Lions. They've done the double. Ran fairly shield and now champions of the Bunnings NPC. Yeah, massive moment. I can only imagine what the Campbell household was like uh, at that moment in time. Joining us, uh, the biggest Wellington rugby fan on the planet, John Campbell. How are you, sir? Uh, really good, guys. Just grinning listening to that. Uh, just joyful. I mean, because it's such a long time between drinks, isn't it? Well, 2000, oh, wasn't yeah, it? it was lovely. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's a long, long time. And, uh, you know, and one, only one Super Rugby win 2016. I was there at the final in Cape Town in 2016. So, you know, as a Wellington fan, patient to subvert you. And, uh, but I, the thing I like about Wellington fans is, you know, if we win, it's glorious. It doesn't end very often. And if we lose, it's kind of funny. And you just stick with them anyway. You know, so, they're, you know, they're great fans, Wellington supporters. There's something of the Shakespearean tragedy about the uh, about Wellington rugby's history, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you, over the years, I go back to, you know, when we had a backline that was Cullen, Lomu, Yeremia, Umanga, you know, you just sort of think, you know, that's possibly the greatest provincial team in history. And we still didn't manage to win the thing very often. In fact, I think we won it once. So, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. And I like Wellington supporters because they're not, you know, they're not kind of madly one-eyed. I mean, they, you're often sort of standing in the stand roaring with laughter. It was just, I thought we played really well. What I really liked, I don't know what Leo Cowley's doing with that team, the coach, but what I really liked was a sense that they weren't going to be intimidated from the very outset. And you watch Wellington teams go down to Canterbury, and it's kind of as if they lose the game in the plane on the way down. You know, they're kind of so psyched out. But these guys, right from the beginning, were up for it. I think that's a beautiful, probably a mix of the old... Heads, TJ and Julian in particular, and some of the youngsters are just super exciting prospects. Peter Lakai, I just think, you know, the sky's the limit for that kid, Riley Higgins. So it's a really exciting mixture. It's a great mixture. It's a, I mean, it's a team that's on the up, and the core of that team is, is part of the uh, the Hurricane setup as well. You know, we talk about guys like Aidan Morgan and Ruben Love. Those guys are the future of not just the Lions, but the Canes as well. 
Yeah, it's exciting for us. And I think it's exciting for everyone who loves New Zealand rugby. It's funny, we've had a, if you look at the New Zealand under-20s, we've been having a, a, a relatively lean patch by our high standards, but a lot of those kids are under the under twenties, out of the under twenties. Both Riley Higgins and Peter Lakaia, and I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I just think this is exciting. This is really exciting for anyone who loves rugby. And also, isn't that nice that you know, from time to time, the underdogs win. I mean, one of the problems with rugby is that it doesn't happen often enough. And so, I think probably Canterbury at home with the favourites on Saturday. So it's nice that the predictable doesn't always happen. Yeah, I think that I think that's uh, that, that's a really good point, and I know a lot of Wellington rugby fans, John uh, Daniel McCarty, who I know you'll know amongst them, who was very yeah, yeah, much yeah, like I'm yeah. looking forward to this, but I'm expecting to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be the way. But it's interesting you said, you know, sometimes they lose the game on the plane on the way down because I, we did talk about that about the mental baggage that there is being, say, for example, in this case, a Wellington player going to play Canterbury in Canterbury with the history of the last twenty odd years behind you and, and and what that means. Yeah, every big occasion. Every big occasion. We we haven't won down the country. And I was with my son, we went down, the Canes made the semi final God I'm, I'm this, this is middle age, my mind's gone blank, but it was maybe two seasons ago and we and we flew down and I actually thought we played really well, but it was just that extra bit of, you know, Canterbury at home and it felt like when we lost, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm studying psychology, but it felt like when we lost, we kind of expected that that was going to happen. I don't think this team on Saturday night expected to lose. I really think they expected to win. And remember, they came off the back of a huge thrashing of Auckland the week before, and the highest ever score against Auckland. So, you know, it's lovely to see them playing with that kind of confidence. Yeah, it is. You're right. And I do, you know, because I... I sort of equated that mental block Wellington Canterbury with the Black Caps beating Australia at cricket in Australia. Yeah, man, man. <laughs> you know, I was in Melbourne when we lost that final, the one-day final, you know, the 50-over final, and, uh, you know, Mitchell Stark had such a psychological edge on us, I think, and you just look at Finn Allen and you just think, yes. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like what we need to do in terms of circuit breakers is bring in the imperious, the outrageous, the kind of up for it young guy who doesn't have the psychological balance because he hasn't faced Mitch Stark on six pre- Mitchell Stark on six previous occasions in which we've kind of not done as well as we all hoped. I mean, that was just so exciting. And you saw, didn't you? I don't know, Ricardo, but I reckon you could just see the kind of Australians deflating, you know, the... You know, the kind of shoulders were going down. They were getting a bit sniffy with each other in the field. It was magic to watch. <laughs> it was fantastic. I do wonder if we're now living in an alternate universe where Wellington and the Black Caps <laughs> both win on the same weekend. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that's a pretty alternate universe. I'll take it. And the Black Ferns and Lydia Coe was a wonderful sort of 24 or 30 hours for New Zealand sport, wasn't it? So good. And also, I heard you talking about, you know, the FIFA launch, shall I? I mean, I don't quite know if we've all cottoned on to how big this Women's World Cup is going to be next year. You know, and having the US and New Zealand, wow, that is a thing. That is massive. I'll give you some numbers, um, John, that I, I heard on Saturday night. So the last rugby world, men's rugby World Cup worldwide viewing audience was something around 870 million, right? The yeah. last women's football World Cup worldwide viewing was 1.1 billion. Like it's just, it's another step up again. It's going to be the biggest tournament of any kind that New Zealand's ever hosted. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, to have the US here, I mean, I, I, you know, that is just so, so, so exciting. Well, how many times have they won that cup? Four times? Yeah. You know, they're the world champs. I mean, it's just going to be amazing. What The only thing I would say is, what a bummer, it's in July, because I kind of did this, I sort of replayed the July we've just had in my head, and I think it rained every single day in Auckland. Mm. That's all right. It's a winter sport. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they need to do a guitar. Super exciting. <laughs> you know, it's too hot to play in the middle of the year in Qatar, so we'll do it, do it this time. It's too wet and cold in New Zealand to play in July. Let's do it at Christmas. Doesn't it tell you the difference between the old FIFA and the new FIFA, though? I mean, mm. you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about football to comment on this, but I do like what FIFA... I do like the direction it's going in, you know, and, you know, you can't see set letters back from a long enough distance, can you? No. I mean, really and truly. And I feel, and this woman, Sarai Berman, who's the, who's the Kiwi, who's the global head of women's football, and what an extraordinary human being she is. This is really exciting. She's someone, John, that I think, you know, not enough people know about because she actually came from a background where she was an accountant and she went and took over running the books for the Samoan FA, which had some issues, shall we say, uh, and she tidied it up and ended up being CEO and then ended up running football in Oceania, you know. and then, an incredible story. Yeah. Incredible and, story. And you know who her, uh, is it her brother? Yeah, her you know who her yeah, brother Eugene. is? Eugene yeah. Berriman. Yeah. What a family. Yeah. What yeah, a family. what a family. Yeah. What a family. Yeah, it's a great story. And so, and you know, I, you know, I think the football fans have a reasonable chance of getting out of that group, fingers crossed. So, boy, this is exciting stuff, Ricardo. Yeah, it, it really is, mate. It really is. And now, something else I have to talk, uh, I have to ask you is, um, can you shake TJ Peranara awake because um, I was just on with the breakfast boys and they were supposed to have him this morning. He never picked up his phone. And when I told them, when I told Izzy that I had you on the on the show, he said, well, can you get him to wake his mate up? Because he never answered his bloody yeah, phone. I'll, I'll send him a text. Gosh, he had a good game on Sunday night. I feel, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I mean, the, obviously the world's biggest, well, I mean, it's, you know, his, his, his glorious significant other is, but I, I uh, you know, of the, of the rugby fraternity, I don't think there are many bigger TJ fans than me. But what I loved about Saturday was that TJ was playing the game that was right for him. And I, I kind of feel a bit frustrated with the way the All Blacks haven't allowed him to do that enough. So whenever Aaron Smith leaves the field, they want whoever comes onto the field to just play like Aaron Smith. And TJ is a different player from Aaron Smith. He's a brawler. He likes to get stuck in and the loose. He likes to play like a loose forward. He likes to work at angles. He likes to probe the blind. You know, high-speed ball distribution isn't his game. He creates uncertainty in the defenders, and, 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 he, and he keeps the Lucy's close because they don't know whether he's going to run or not. Now, he's never been allowed to play that game for the Blacks. I think it's a real bummer. It's a real waste of him. He's such a beautiful rugby player. He, he is, and it's an interesting one with, with Philao Fakatava going out injured of this, of this Northern Tour because the way it was explained to me from several people was that Philao Fakatava was the new TJ Peranata, and the reason that they liked TJ Peranata coming off the bench is he offered them more physicality. And that's what they had Falau Fakatava there for. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, I get that. But now you've got Finlay Christie, who I think's probably better now than Aaron Smith, but they're still holding on to the experience of Smith for the World Cup. But then they bring Weber in, who's another Aaron Smith. So it's a bit of a head scratcher, that one. 
Well, for, for, for me, it's about the fact that the all-back strategy is built around incredibly high-speed ball distribution. And when it works, it works. But by God, when it doesn't work, Allah against England and Japan, Allah against Ireland, Allah against, you know, I mean, we all know these games. When it doesn't work, I really do think a number nine who can sow some uncertainty, who you can't second-guess, who isn't going to do the same thing every time, is a really good strategy off the bench. And I, I always felt that was a role that we should have empower TJ to play more of. But, you know, the coaches know best. I mean, I've never coached any rugby, and I never got higher than J5, so maybe I should just shut up. <laughs> I reckon you'd be a great coach. I reckon you'd fire the boys up, JC. I look, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> I went down to Wellington. I went down to Wellington when the St. Pat's uh, Silverstream, you know, St. Pat's Town versus St. Pat's Silverstream mm. school were open night. I made a little talk to the St. Pat's boys because my best friend who died at Christmas time was a stalwart of the St. Pat's first 15. I think he played in it for four years. And I suddenly heard my voice and I thought, John, this is ridiculous. You're speaking like Winston Churchill pre-Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Actually, it's on that, have, have you seen Michael Sheen's uh, speech to the to the Welsh football team ahead of the, of the football oh. World Cup? <laughs> What a thing that is! Oh, how it's glorious! Extraordinary! Yeah, how good! Yeah. How good! Now, I, I know yeah. I've mentioned parallel universes. I, I, I don't want to talk. Uh, I don't want to get all back to the future on it. But I, I, the the Wellington team this year has been an interesting thing. The Wellington Lions. I remember about halfway through the season, uh, the team came up. It must have been the Storm Week when they had the Wednesday game, and Mark Stafford was out in the office. And I went out to Staff and I said. What year is it? And he said, 2022. Why? And I said, because it feels like it's 2012. Have you seen the Wellington bench? And the Wellington bench, the back reserves were TJ Perinata, Julian Savia, and Nehemiah <laughs> Scudder. I thought I'd gone down a wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, we haven't done a shout out to Julian. I mean, if you look at his career, when he just, I mean, I, I don't, but you're older, and anyone who can remember rugby, when he started playing, wow, he was just a tricycling phenomenon for the All Blacks. Then, you know, things went a bit awry. And then I really think he showed his character and his spirit, by the way, he's come back for that team. He's, a, he's clearly a leader on and off the field. And I think he's playing really good rugby, and I'm super proud of him as a Wellington supporter. You know, he took stock and thought, right, you know, I can I can still do this, and, and he's showing it. And there he is a wonderful man, you know, really fine man on and off the field, and TJ, I should shut up about TJ, it's becoming embarrassing, but they're good men. <laughs> they are good men, they are good men. It brought up a couple of things I thought about. You know, there was a time, a period of time when all black wingers joined the uh, the Rock and Roll 27 club. You hit 27 and that was the end of you, wasn't there? And, Jul- and Julian was one of those, but he, like you say, he's reinvented himself, had that time in France, he's come back and he's, you know, he's a different player. He can still do some of the things that he used to do, but he, you know, he comes inside more, he he, he, he does a lot more. Does, I think he does a lot does, more work does. now than he used to do, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. He goes looking for work now. And I think his fitness is fantastic. I mean, that was an issue, wasn't it? I think, well, reportedly that was an issue in France. Ain't an issue any longer. He's looking really good. Yeah, he's looking fantastic, mate. He's looking fantastic. I, I just, uh, John, before I let you go, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Jamie Wall, who is possibly the second biggest uh, Wellington well, rugby fan on the world. good bugger, Jamie Wall. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know, know if I you like saw this. I, I tra- this is his tweet from about 19 hours ago. I trust all of Aotearoa is enjoying the commitment, uh, commencement of the glorious benevolent rule of Wellington rugby over us. Peace be with you all. <laughs> Brilliant, classic, Jamie. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I yeah, saw Jamie. You know, we were, we were, 
Sorry. I saw Jamie at the World Cup draw. The, he was there filming um, interviews for I'm not sure which news organisation. And then the ceremony was about to begin where we had to shuffle into the ARTS centre. And I said, are you coming, Jamie? And he said, no, I'm sitting here to watch the NPC final. So the, the draw with all this glory <laughs> and the stars man. and everything was going on yeah, a room away yeah. and he was sat there on his phone watching the NPC final. <laughs> That's a good story. It sums him up. He's a good bugger. He is a good bugger. You're a good bugger as well, JC. In fact, they should call you GC. I uh, really appreciate your time on, on, on Labor Weekend, Labor Monday. Yeah, lovely to talk to you, Ricardo. Have a great show. I'll be listening and enjoy, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, will do, mate. You too. Enjoy the rest of your day with the family, eh? Okay, thanks so much. Okay, cheers. cheers. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So... We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.